the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us today. All right, Aubrey, I want to talk about, uh, there's a story that I saw that gets at a bigger thing about who are we as a society around how do we deal with people we disagree with, kind of the social media world we live in. Uh, When does protesting go too far? Mm. And it has to do with a senator by the name of uh, Kirsten Sinema. So a little bit of background. Kirsten Cinema is a Democratic senator out of the state of Arizona, and it is Cinema and uh, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. They are the two senators who are holding up any significant advancement right. in the huge um, Build Back Better Act that the Democrats and President Biden have kind of hung everything on mm-hmm. right now. So there's Huge Democrat infighting going on specifically around Mansion and Cinema because they're like, no, I'm not going to vote for this. Right. And it kind of torpedoes the whole thing. Right. And uh, a lot of for those people who are listening, uh, it's a it's a big spending bill, lots of infrastructure. But then all the things Biden and others have run on. Right. Like exactly. Uh, free community college and pre-K and mm-hmm. a bunch of it starts to get in the climate change and yep. all sorts of other things. So. Uh, Kirsten Cinema is one of the two Democratic senators, and she ran much more on support of these kinds of things. Uh, and so people on that side of the aisle are losing their minds over her uh, and Senator Manchin. So that sets up uh, Senator Cinema. Uh, Kirsten Cinema went back to her home state of Arizona, and she was at Arizona State University campus over the weekend, and she just got uh, heckled. And uh, here's where I'm, I, w- I want to talk about people were protesting like, hey, we want to talk to you. Can we talk to you? And she went into a bathroom and a group of people followed her into no, the bathroom. I do not like this. And how do we know this happened? Because people are filming this on their phone at all times. And so, Aubrey, there's a big talk going on right now, not only about cinema and all that uh, her not voting for this right now, her holding this up, but really the lack of civility and what is what is the line between protesting, uh, holding our leaders accountable and mm-hmm. harassment? And before you right. answer that, our friend David French weighed in on Twitter. Uh, he said this personal harassment is way over the line. It creates dangerous situations and somebody is going to get hurt. Yeah. There's no excuse. But he was replying to an article at a website called Jezebel that says this, absolutely bu- bully Kirsten Cinema outside her bathroom stalls. They said, mm. this senator is holding all of us back and some of her most vulnerable constituents are rightfully sick mm. of it. So this article is saying, no, no, this is exactly what should be happening. Aubrey, this is what's going on culturally right now. You got French saying this is not okay and somebody's going to get hurt. 
you get these websites saying, no, this is exactly what we should be right. doing to our leaders. Right. What do you think about all of this? Well, it's interesting. I was actually looking at that Jezebel article, and at the very bottom, there's a place for discussion. And this is very tongue-in-cheek, but here's what they say. It's very important that when we protest the actions of the wealthy elite ruling class, that we do it in a way in which they always feel safe, secure, and comfy. Can't have them shaken up or slightly inconvenienced in any way. That would be gauche. So they're saying, uh, like, almost like uh, we should be doing yes. this. Like you were just talking about that whole article says we should be doing this. I don't like it. I don't care if you're a wealthy elite or you're in poverty. No one should be following you into the bathroom with the phone and trying to get a response from you. I understand people who are in the public eye have to respond publicly to things, but you don't, I mean, the bathroom's a private place one and it, and it does start to feel deeply unsafe, especially, yes. I, I don't know. There's something, I'm just speaking as a woman here alone in a bathroom as a woman, there's already problems there. Like so many things could happen. And so you're just being followed in by a public who's angry at you it's, I mean, I don't even think you should be followed in by someone who wants your autograph because they're your biggest fan. I, yeah. I don't like it. And at the end of the day, there are ways that we can write our representatives, text them, send them letters, make phone calls. You could even stand outside of Arizona State and hold signs on right. her way in and on her way out. But this is crossing a personal line of civility that I really am not okay with. Yeah, you used an important word there with civility. But here's a... A side thing that I realized really bothers me while watching this, this whole thing is videoed because everybody's got a phone out. Yes. And this seems to be a kind of an underlying deal right now. It is not only I'm going to go confront her, but I'm going to do it while recording. There's like you watch this and there's uh, multiple people with multiple their phones out. Multiple people with their phones. It's and very disturbing. only doing this to get notoriety for 100%, themselves. 100%. 100%. And that's what feels so shady about it, too. Go ahead, Brian. That's just what what's wrong with our culture right yeah. now. And and I, you know, we sound like the old people. Like, this is what's wrong with our culture. <laughs> but can, can we put our phones away every now and then mm. and not have to record everything to be like, look, I got her. I followed yeah. her into That was a total gotcha moment. Yeah. Uh, but, Aubrey, let's talk to the Christians out there the lack of civility using jim dennison our friend who wrote that respectfully yes. i disagree kind of a call for civility as our culture loses all semblance of civility the church must pick up that mantle christians must pull up pick up that mantle and be uh and, and hold up civility as a uh as something that's honorable and necessary, even with those that we disagree with, not because just because it's right, but because it's Jesus. It's biblical. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, it's biblical. We're told to honor one another and build each other up. And this is the exact opposite of that. And, you know, I, I feel like culturally, come, you and I were talking about this before, Brian, culturally coming out of the pandemic, uh, we seem to just be losing our minds. Like yeah. I was talking about how at the middle school football game this weekend, there was a big fight between adults. You were talking about another game where there was a fight between adults. Right. It seems like this common trauma we've all been through, we are not processing well and not even aware that we're not. And so instead we are just going after people in the most horrific ways. That's right. And uh, as Christians, we have to rise above this and not just set a better example, but like model love, period. Yes. Model love. That's it. Be nice. That's Stop. it. 
<laughs> in some ways our show is like a show for second graders right <laughs> seriously nice. like Let's it's not the nice. bar is not that high be a nice human being absolutely so lack of civility is a problem because if you like agree with these people i'll close here if you agree with the people like you're mad at kirsten cinema what happens when it's the protesters going after the people that you like and that right you you or like going this? after you that, thank you that is exactly right well coming up next Colin Smith, senior pastor of the Orchard Evangelical Free Church uh, right here in the Chicagoland area. He's going to come on to talk about uh, he he is he founded an organization called Unlocking the Bible and Unlocking the Bible is doing a free virtual event on Saturday, October the 16th called Open the Bible. It looks like a wonderful event. And Colin's going to come on and tell us all about it next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Hey, friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AIM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Uh, and Aubrey, we're excited to talk about an event coming up on Saturday, October 16th. It's called Open the Bible. It's a virtual event being put on by Unlocking the Bible. And that is run by the senior pastor of the Orchard Evangelical Free Church. His name is Colin Smith, and he's joining us right now. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Brian. It's good to be with you both. Yeah, it's great to have you with us. And Colin, let's just start there. This Open the Bible virtual event looks like a fantastic event. Could you just tell us more about the event? Yeah, Saturday, the 16th of October, and it is going to be a high-level fly over the whole of the Bible story. We're going to go through from Genesis to Revelation in less than three hours, the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the New Testament letters. Think of it as being like a kind of high-altitude fly over the whole of the Bible story, a little bit like when you go on vacation uh, you know, when we've gone on vacation with our family, the first uh, thing we, we do in a new area is uh, just try and find out what is what is here, what's the lie of the land, what should we go and visit, and where should we spend our time. And this will give a kind of overview, an introduction, if you like, to the Bible as a whole, and uh, hopefully be a real encouragement to people to uh, go and discover more in all of the months and years that lie ahead. Oh, I absolutely love that. The event is on Saturday, October 16th. You can register for the Open the Bible event at unlockingthebible.org. And here's the incredible thing. It's a free event. And if you can't attend on Saturday, October 16th, if you register, you will still receive the content after the event takes place and you can watch it on your own time. So again, you can go to unlockingthebible.org and register for this free event. Colin, I would love to just hear your pastor's heart for a moment. Why should we care about the entire story of the Bible? Well, you know, a lot of folks, I think, know some stories from the Bible, you know, Jonah and the whale and uh, David and Goliath and so forth, but miss the the wonderful reality that the whole Bible really is one story. Uh, it, It begins in a garden, it ends in a city, and all the way through, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, what we want to encourage people to do is really uh, get um, a, a regular engagement with the Bible um, into uh, their lives and into their hearts. And in order to do that, you really have to have a, a place to begin. Once you see the big picture, you really are encouraged to get, as it were, um, engaged further down on the ground. And uh, that's the value of having a kind of flyover and getting the lie of the land. 
Mm. And, and Colin, so many people right now are dealing with things around the pandemic, right? Job loss, financial struggles, depression, all sorts of other things. Uh, and there might be people out there unfamiliar with the Bible who haven't spent much time in it going, does the Bible really help with those things? Does it really speak to those things? Uh, how can a deeper understanding of the Bible help us with those kinds of specific issues? That's a great question, Brian, and a really important one. Um, the Bible is unlike any other book. And when we open the Bible, we're doing much, much more than gathering information. Uh, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he's using the analogy. We know that our bodies don't keep going for long unless we are fed. Uh, and in the same way, we're not going to be able to uh, find the strength that we need to face all that life throws at us apart from uh, the word of God that sustains our inner life. So, again, Jesus says, "You man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth uh, of God. So um, uh, the, the Bible speaks of itself, therefore, as being like bread. It's like milk. It's like meat. So this is the way that we get the strength, the comfort, the hope, the peace, the joy that we need to face whatever are the particular challenges of the realities of our life. Oh, that's so powerful, Colin. Again, the event is on Saturday, October 16th. You can register for the Open the Bible event at unlockingthebible.org. This is a free event. And again, if you can't attend on Saturday the 16th, just by registering, you will still receive the content. It's going to be an incredible one, unlockingthebible.org. And Colin, who is this event for? Is this for people who are brand new to the Bible? Is this for folks who have been in the Bible their entire lives? Who's sort of the ideal attendee for this virtual event? Well, um, uh, you've given two examples there, and I would definitely want to say both. Anyone who's new to the Bible and has any interest at all. This would be a great place to begin. But then people who do know the Bible and love the Bible, the, the, the challenge and the encouragement uh, I want to give is simply this. Who is there in your life who needs to know the God of the Bible and just might be willing to open the Bible with you if you ask them? And uh, what we're finding in our experience in the church that I serve here is that actually there are many more people who are open to opening the Bible than uh, we might at first think. It's surprising and I think very, very encouraging. And our folks have found it actually um, a, a surprisingly easy ask. Uh, would you be interested in opening the Bible with me? Uh, well, you know, what would that look like? Well, you know, here's a resource that could help us, um, uh, an introduction to the Bible, and we could talk about it together and uh, and so forth. People are interested in knowing about the Bible. We've come to a place where there are many people who at least know that they don't know, and therefore there's an, a curiosity kind of a factor. So I think if you're new to the Bible, it's a great place, great place to begin. If you've been loving and reading the Bible for years, you will enjoy this. It'll be an encouragement to you, and it will be something you can use with others in your family, friends, colleagues, and so forth, because those who know and love the Bible need to get active in terms of encouraging others to open it with us. Yeah. And, and Colin, as we start to close up, I'd love for, to give you a chance to speak to pastors out there uh, 
who who might be thinking, you know, people don't want to read the Bible right now. That we have to figure out a new way to reach people. You're you're saying at your church, you're seeing something completely different that people are kind of craving the Bible again and and want to go back. Could you speak to those pastors out there who might be unsure that people are actually interested in the Bible? Sure. Well, I, I, I'm not uh, uh, describing simply events in uh, in our church. Um, uh, uh, the basis for saying that there is a widespread interest would be in the surveys that are regularly done. For example, the American Bible Society does a survey on what they call the state of the Bible uh, each year. And uh, consistently over these last years, um, uh, between half and two thirds of all people surveyed, and that is from every demographic across our country, say that they would be interested in knowing more about the Bible. So probably up to two in every three people you meet, according to these surveys, have some interest in knowing more in the Bible. So that's the basis on which um, our folks in our church have been encouraged just to say, well, who do you know in your life uh, who might be open to open the Bible with you? And uh, that is not a terribly difficult task. It, it's, uh, you're not even asking a person to believe. You're, you're simply just saying, would you be interested in knowing more? That's not a difficult ask. So I, I just want to encourage people that um, uh, uh, there is more interest than we may sometimes realize. And there's a good reason to be encouraged and to be confident in reaching out to people that we know and saying, would you be interested in opening the Bible with me? And that's what we want to encourage people and help people to do. That's a great word. Again, this event called Open the Bible, it's a virtual event on Saturday, October the 16th. You can register for the Open the Bible event at unlockingthebible.org. That's unlockingthebible.org. It is a free event, but you got to register. And if you can't attend the full event on Saturday, October 16th, you can receive the content uh, at a later time so you can watch it when you are Able. This is, as Colin said, kind of a flyover event of the Bible. I cannot encourage you enough uh, to take part in it. Again, it's at unlockingthebible.org. Colin, thanks so much. Good luck with the event. It sounds wonderful. We hope it goes well. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you. That's an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Really glad to have you with us today. Uh, our friend Scott Sauls, friend of the show, we haven't had him on in a while. It's uh, we, we need our fill of Scott Sauls here soon. Uh, author, pastor, uh, great follow on Twitter, which we're going to read here in a second. Uh, wonderful speaker. He is the pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, if you're looking for a great book uh, after you finish Aubrey's book. Oh, exactly, Nelly, exactly. I'd encourage you to go pick up one of the many ones that Scott Sauls has written. But Aubrey, let me read you what Scott wrote on Twitter because, man, he can write stuff that just kind of cuts to the heart. Okay, for us okay, let's as hear Christians. It. He's so good at whatever. Whatever it is, it's going to be good. I already so, know that. I'm just going to read it and then okay. I'm just going to say respond and okay. let you take it any direction you went. Scott Sauls wrote this on Twitter. What if a benefit of the doubt movement took root in the current climate? What if this movement replaced all the assumicide, distrust, gotcha campaigns, and tribal outrage we've come to expect? What if 1 Corinthians 13 became a thing again? And then he ends with this, who's in? 
All right, Aubrey, what do you think? What do you think? I feel like this goes back to what we were talking about when we started the show this afternoon about uh, Kirsten Cinema in the bathroom and the fact that we've lost civility. Can you imagine? I mean, it's interesting to me that this language he used, a suicide, distrust. Yes, that's so good. Gotcha campaigns, tribal outrage. It, It. I mean, he's right that we've come to expect those things. They're almost predictable. I've gotten to the point where even though sometimes I'm like, ah, these people have the right critique, I still sort of roll my eyes because I'm going, yeah, obviously, I knew that's what you're going to say. Yes, of course, you're mad about this. Blah, blah. So to do something shocking, I mean, it's kind of funny to think that the shocking thing would be give someone the benefit of the doubt. Assume a good thing. Choose love. Choose kindness. Choose patience. Like, yes, <laughs> you yes. know, I mean, it's funny how the Bible is always true and always... um good because really the call to go back to first Corinthians 13 love is patient love is kind love does not uh, hold a record of wrongs like that's just basic human kindness and decency at this point and we need it more than ever absolutely I love how he begins it by talking about a movement of the benefit of the doubt mm. uh, because uh, we don't live in a culture that gives readily the benefit of the doubt to people. I think you said yeah. oh, we live in a gotcha culture, right? Yeah. Like, uh, nope, we're going to get them. We're going to get them right now. And uh, there's this kind of uh, cancel culture falls under this umbrella. It's a little different, but it falls under this umbrella where every now and then you have to allow for people to make mistakes. Now, I will understand there are certain mistakes that yes. are that that come with greater consequences. Absolutely. Okay. So that's not what I'm saying, but, but we've devolved to a point oftentimes where it's every mistake is like, Nope, you're done. And it's almost like a game that we play with other people's lives. Like I'm not going to give somebody the benefit of the doubt who either hurt me or said something stupid. Uh, I had this with someone the other day where um, I won't get in the details, but but they, uh, I, I did something that was, you know, borderline forgetful or that made them upset. Okay. But in talking to them, the, it immediately went into like worst case scenario. Like they presumed an intention, an intent on my part that, that, that was not at all, but it's like the worst intent they could have presumed. Do you oh, know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you're like, wait, don't you, we, we've, I mean, I don't know the nature of that relationship, right. but don't you, can't you fill this in with all of the relational credit we have? Can't you fill this? Oh, honestly, what Scott Sauls is saying and what you're saying is fill this in with grace. Yes. And then let's have a conversation. If I've offended you, I want to make that right. I hate that. But don't assume I have evil intentions. Don't assume I have malicious intentions. Assume what you know about me, like that I've been your friend, that I've put into you, that we have this relationship. Assume that, and then let's make right what's gone wrong here. Yes, yes. And that's why – well, let's go here because we do live in a culture. We talked about it uh, a little while ago in the show where everyone's filming everything, trying to get everybody. Yes. Uh, And therefore, it raises in a lot of us, especially those in leadership, but I think all of us in general, this idea of distrust – Mm. Uh, tribal outrage. Yeah. Uh, his word here is a suicide uh, versus he holds it up against first Corinthians 13, mm. which is not just wedding verses, right. <laughs> but is supposed to drive what we do. Aubrey, what would it look like in your opinion, if we as Christ followers, if the church 
actually did do this, like where we actually did live out the calls of scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, benefit of the doubt. Like you said, I like, I love the picture of filling in with grace. What do you think the result becomes as we actually live that out? So, I mean, I think the result is obviously uh, more peace, more wholeness, greater unity, greater witness. Uh, again, I mean, this is something we say on The Common Good. We are supposed to be known as Christians by our love. And right now, the whole world, including Christians, are known by what he's talking about, this distrust, this outrage, this cancel culture, this hatred, this division. That's not not what God has for his church. That's not what God has for his people. And that's not how God wants us to live in this world. And so I do think we have to be mindful because I, I mean, I think we can't get away from the fact that we all have been through a major trauma in the past year. And I think some of us are maybe unwilling to say this has had some lasting emotional effects that we are not even aware of. And I think we need to pause and just go, okay, what am I responding out of right now? Is this out of a place of love and, and knowing how deeply accepted I am by God? Or is this out of out of my trauma, out of my pain, out of my sin. And we just need to like stop ourselves, challenge ourselves for a minute, and then choose a better way, a way that honors God and honors the other. It's easier said than done, but like, let's get mindful about it. And I, that's where I want to close this because I think you just touched on something so important. I think that, that Saul's touches on in this tweet. uh, And that's this, this is going to require choice. This is going to require action. Like, I don't think we are naturally bent, especially in this culture now. I'm not sure that we are naturally bent to benefit of the doubt, towards grace, towards sacrificial love. Like there is, this is Saul's calling it a movement. He, when he says who's in, that's you going, I'm going to do this. Like this is going to require work. Uh, and not just, yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of fall backwards and to be a gracious person. (laughs) It's not really how it works. So grateful for Scott Sauls and uh, again, his pastoral heart, his uh, kind of prophetic heart there and and the challenge. Stick around. We'll be joined by Kelly Olson, the co-founder and partner of the Baton Pass. She's talking about an event that they have coming up this weekend. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. And we are so thrilled today to be joined by a very special guest, Kelly Olson. Kelly is the co-founder and partner of The Baton Pass. We are excited to talk to her about her upcoming event, Uniquely Known. It's happening this Saturday, October 9th from 2 to 4 p.m. You can learn more about the event and get your tickets at thebatonpass.com. Kelly, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Aubrey. Thank you, Brian. For our listeners who may not be familiar with um, you, Kelly, or the Baton Pass, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and this ministry? Absolutely. Uh, So my name is Kelly Olson. I am married to my high school sweetheart, and we have two beautiful baby girls. Uh, We live in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And about four years ago, we launched the Baton Pass in order to empower women to overcome through the sharing of our stories. Hmm. And, and Kelly, you guys have an event coming up called Uniquely Known this Saturday, October 9th from 2 to 4. Tell us the heart behind this event and if women join you, what it is that they will be experiencing. 
Awesome. Well, the Bataan Pass events themselves uh, are unique environments in which stories and testimonies of overcoming can be shared, hope can be restored, and those that are hurting or maybe in isolation can come into community. So our whole goal is connection and uh, empowerment. This unique event, uh, uniquely known, is... Uh, an opportunity for a handful of women to share their stories of being able to release false names uh, that others maybe put on them, or even because of decisions of their past, they've made them they've put on themselves, and uh, their journey to being re- redeemed and renamed. So uh, we're really excited. Oh, it's it's going to be great. And I'm passionate about this event, Brian. I don't know if I've told you this. I'm speaking at it. I so it's that, no yes. coincidence that it's called Uniquely Known because I'll be talking about some of the concepts in my upcoming or my latest book, Known, How Believing Who God Says You Are Changes Everything. Um, Kelly, if we could just step back for a minute. Again, uh, this event is online or in person. You can get your tickets at thebatonpass.com. I believe the in-person tickets are mostly sold out, but anyone can join online. Again, it's happening this Saturday, October 9th from 2 to 4. But Kelly, if we could step back a minute, tell us why you started the Baton Pass. Absolutely. So I am a firm believer because of my own experiences that life is better together. And especially when we are uh, coming through difficult seasons and coming out of the valleys, uh, we need someone to walk alongside us. And one Sunday morning, I had a woman share her story of trauma uh, that she was left feeling broken and struggling. But her story actually sounded a lot like mine. But her story was completely different in its ending because it was full of redemption and restoration. And she remembered the pain that she experienced, but it no longer affected her. And in that moment at 19 years old, I was able to borrow her hope in order to start my own restoration journey. So I truly believe that there's power in our stories. And uh, I had the opportunity back at the early 2017 to sit down with Aubrey and share this vision with her. And literally, Aubrey, if it wasn't for you speaking into me and over me in that booth, I don't believe that the Baton Pass would exist today. So um, there's definitely power in naming and power in um, doing life together because uh, lives have been impacted. Hundreds of lives have been impacted because of uh, these events where stories are shared. That's great. That's great. Tell us more about that concept of telling stories, because uh, some people might go, you know what, uh, I, I want to run from my stories, or I don't, I don't want to keep this to myself. What's the power in telling our stories uh, and allowing other people to hear our stories? Well, at the Baton Pass, we believe that whatever you're going through right now, if you cling to Jesus and surround yourself with people that can speak truth in your life, uh, your story can be be redeemed and, and God can meet you in your story. And it's painful if you go back alone, uh, but there is healing and redemption if you go back with Jesus um, and with some resourceful and um, helpful friends. Mm, that's so good, Kelly. That's so true that we overcome these hard things in community. I love that. Kelly, so who should come to the event? Is this for um, women who have been through trauma? Is this for uh, just girlfriends? Like, who is this afternoon for? Absolutely. So the reason that we host these Baton Pass events is because that one Sunday morning for me was so transformative that I knew that stories had to be shared more often. And there's not enough spaces uh, 
within our lives as women to hear each other's stories. So I would encourage anyone that's listening, uh, if you just want to be encouraged in whatever you're going through, uh, if you want to come to be able to borrow hope or want to be able to jump on the live stream, uh, to be able to hear stories of overcoming, to encourage yourself, that's powerful. One of the things that I've learned is how to better support friends that are going through disappointment and heartbreak and loss because of hearing other people's stories too. So it's helped me through my own journey, but it's also equipped me in becoming a better friend to those that are going through difficult times around me. Mm. And tell us a little bit more at the event. I'm reading there's going to be a panel uh, of of women telling their stories. What's that going to look like? Help people understand kind of what that will be. Yeah. So we're really excited. Aubrey's going to wrap up and um, I am thrilled. I am uh, going back through Known for the third time right Aww, now. That's so nice, um, Kelly. And I get to listen to it on audiobook. And I love all your dialects that you do in the audiobook. It's so <laughs> fun. I absolutely love that. But uh, so Aubrey's going to wrap up and I am thrilled and honored to have you in that space. Uh, the women that are going to share before, they each have their unique stories of uh, what happened maybe in their past. And some of it, it's people speaking over them and they just started to believe this lie. Um, another woman, um, she made some decisions that once she uh, had a relationship with Jesus, she felt shame and felt um, unworthy and how God redeemed that. And another woman is going to talk about uh, how God redeemed her past so that she could be a better mother for her kids. So um, it's going to be all different stories, um, but we believe that uh, there's power in, in hearing those. So we're excited to have those ladies there. It's going to be fantastic. Kelly, where can people find out more about you and the Baton Pass? We can um, be reached on Facebook. The Baton Pass community is what you're going to want to look for. On Instagram, it's just at the Baton Pass, uh, P-A-S-S. And our website is thebatonpass.com. Uh, those are great ways to connect with us. You can also email me at thebatonpass at gmail.com. And um, would love to connect if uh, your heart beats for connecting others and having s- the opportunity for stories to be shared. Love it. Kelly, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much, Aubrey. Can't wait to be with you on Saturday. Kelly Olson is the co-founder and partner of the Baton Pass, and we are so excited to share about her upcoming event, Uniquely Known, this Saturday, October 9th from 2 to 4 p.m. Again, you can get your tickets for this event. It's a hybrid event online or in person. Go to the Baton Pass. This is about breaking off names that have hindered us as women, and you will emerge with names that God has for you. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. I'm Aubrey Sampson, joined by my co-host, Brian Fromm, and we're so glad that you're with us today. One of our favorite things to do at the end of every show is to give you something inspiring, encouraging, meaningful to think about. And um, over the weekend on Sunday night, Anderson Cooper interviewed uh, Tony Bennett and his wife, Susan, and Lady Gaga. Tony Bennett had his final concerts at Radio City Music Hall in August. 
And then 60 Minutes aired a piece of that interview um, because Tony Bennett is battling Alzheimer's right. right now. And um, there were some beautiful moments in this interview. One part of it was when uh, Lady Gaga went on stage during this final concert and he remembered her name. And what Lady Gaga shared with Anderson Cooper later was that that was the first time he had said her name in, I think, weeks in their rehearsals. And you can see her emotion if you go back and watch the video. She just almost falls over because she's so overwhelmed with the fact that he says, and Lady Gaga! Um, But there's some beautiful, beautiful moments, especially Lady Gaga talking about how we love someone with Alzheimer's. And I think for any of our listeners, if you know someone with Alzheimer's, if you're caring for someone with Alzheimer's, or maybe it's not Alzheimer's, maybe it's dementia, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's another um, chronic illness. Sometimes it can be hard to know how to love and how Mm. to communicate. And I feel like she just gives a really beautiful word on loving people generally with Alzheimer's, um, but also generally people who are hurting. So I, I want us to listen to that, Brian, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. I really want people to know that if a loved one of yours has Alzheimer's, there is a way to communicate and there's a way to touch the magic inside of them that's still there. And I think it's up to us to ask ourselves, what are the ways that we can push through what we're feeling so that we can best communicate with them and receive their love because it's still there? And it's different for everybody. There's the saying, if you've met one person with Alzheimer's, you've met one person with Alzheimer's. Everybody exactly. reacts, does different things to different people. But figuring out how to, how to reach that person to the extent you can, that's, that's one of the keys. I think it's about, for me, from my experience, because you're absolutely right. I mean, my grandfather had Alzheimer's. Um, I have other loved ones in my life that have family members as well as um, friends that uh, have people that they know that have Alzheimer's, uh, and everybody's different. But with Tony in particular, a lot of it was me making sure that I navigate his needs at any given moment. And to be honest, that's jazz too. So, you know, Alzheimer's or not, in jazz you got to listen because we're we're singing different notes in every song almost any time. We improvise all the time. Um, they call it the ink. The, the ink is the exact music that was written at the time, the exact notes. Um, but once you learn the, the ink, you can play with it. Right. But you have to listen to each other. All right. So I, I think it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. That Lady Gaga essentially says, I mean, she says it in such a kind way, but really like you kind of need to get over your own emotions and be there for that person. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this? I think there's so much beautiful to the story. I actually saw some of the um, some of the report on 60 Minutes and uh, so many things come to mind. The one thing is the idea that there is this friendship between Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga is fascinating cool? to me. There's yeah. 60 years difference. Uh, there's really nothing other than music that should tie them together, but there's yeah. such, she has such love for him. You can tell. Uh, I, I think Aubrey, this is also a reminder for people like you said out there whose, you know, parents, grandparents, whatever have gone through or are going through something as awful as Alzheimer's. Like Alzheimer's is awful. Yeah, and, you know, these kinds of, th- I love this report, but it can almost like 
sanitize it a little bit. Like mm. when you listen to Tony Bennett's wife talk, it's like, yeah, you know, some days he has no idea what's going on. And other days you're like, oh, that's so sad. Even though yeah. I mean, he is 95. But uh, it is a reminder, though, like if you if you have a loved one who has Alzheimer's, like you said, who has dementia, who has whatever, mm-hmm. you could begin to lose sight of the fact of of who they are as a person. Yeah, their humanity almost. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think with this what Lady Gaga in this whole report did a beautiful job of was just reminding people that Tony Bennett might not be, um, you know, cognitively what he used to be, but he's still Tony Bennett. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it, there's a beauty to that remind remembering mm. that that 90 year old grandma or grandpa with, with Alzheimer's, that doesn't define them. Like they're still yeah. created in the image of God. Yeah. They still are who they've always been. And then you're just reminded of the mo- that of what we don't understand. I don't know if you've ever watched reports of Alzheimer's patients and music. Like this isn't a huge surprise because there's report after report of people who are like late stages of Alzheimer's being able to sing complete songs. Wow, like unbelievable! Changing when like music comes on, like specific wow. music. It's really, wow. really, really wild. But I think this is a beautiful. Uh, picture of like kind of selfless love, not just Absolutely. Lady Gaga, but more so Tony Bennett's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also just the, the the humanity of it all. I think it's a beautiful story. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. I I know my my grandma who was really close to had dementia, and it was painful to watch right. her watch her even sort of be aware that she was getting things wrong. I'll never forget the last breakfast that we had together. She kept confusing me with a cousin of mine. And she she would almost sometimes not realize she was doing it, but sometimes she sh- she would and she would just shake her head and kind of put her head in her hands and feel a sense of shame about that because mm-hmm. she knew something wasn't right, but she couldn't quite figure out what was off, you know, and it, it it's so painful. And then you can, I think, as a caretaker, it, it, it can feel hard and you can start to almost feel frustrated and like you said forget that someone who's battling this this kind of battle is still the same person you've always known and loved and they're still there and you can't give up and um i do think that this is a beautiful reminder for any of us walking with someone who's going through something hard whether mm-hmm. they're forgetful or not whether they're losing some of their brain function or not just someone who is walking through something difficult long term that often the call for us is really to remember that this moment is not about us. This moment is not about our needs. This moment is not about our emotions. You can go home and cry by yourself if you need to, but it's not about getting from this person anymore. It's simply about being there, loving them for who they are, showing them the love of Jesus and just showing this person honor and dignity that they deserve. Mm. Um, even when it feels hard. And I think you're right. This is a, this is a beautiful story um, of self-sacrifice, especially right. I mean, Lady Gaga, she's a friend, but really the hero is Susan, uh, Tony Bennett's wife, but, yeah. and all, I'm yeah. sure other people that are around him as well, but um, it's, yeah, it's just a good reminder. I think for all of us to live self-sacrificially and to love people, even when it's really, really hard. Yeah. And I think a reminder, ultimately we say this often on this show, that the brokenness of this world of which dementia and Alzheimer's yeah. is part of that is not going to be the ultimate reality. And mm. we can, we can hold on to that. Uh, yeah. It doesn't necessarily make it any easier right now, but it gives some perspective that I think is helpful that this is not ultimately uh, how we are going to be. We're not going to battle this, uh, but today in the already not yet, this yeah. is part of our reality. Yeah. Such a good word, Brian. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that encourages you. 
We'll be back tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.